feel I feel like that often where I'm like, I have a decision to make. Poof. The bad guy pops up like, man, F this. You go do with yin, yin, yin. And then you got the uh, you got the angel that's like, uh, consider these people, consider those people before you make these types of decisions. So I'm always doing that in my head. But if I'm really being honest, uh, you know, if, if we're all really being honest, we don't really listen to the positive side all of the time. You know, more often than not, we're listening to the negative side because that's the side that's just being real, more satisfactory, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And that's just based off of how I was raised. You know, I was raised in a violent environment. So mm-hmm. as much as I want to be positive, it's just satisfying to do some of that petty stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. as much as I don't want to, as much as I'm like, I can't, you know, I, it's ratchet, who am like. That's me. That's how I grew up. And, you know, um, it's pressure to um, there's there is a lot of pressure to um, be a positive person, but not the type of positive person that we're thinking when we're talking about the hood. to the Taking Out the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Uh, today's episode is, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Today's episode is with Leo Mercer, um, an Oakland native. He's a musician. He's an activist. He's a, a leader. He does a lot of things in the community. Um, but today's conversation, as you know, is going to be talking about these masks. And one of the things that came out of this conversation is a, a, a topic, a, a phrase, that we both were talking about for quite a bit is I am not the enemy. I am not the enemy. And I think that um, it's something that he and I talk about in our, in our, in the bodies we live in. And it's just black men. Both of us have these locks, right? Um, you know, depending on what I wear, what I'm wearing right now, a black hoodie, right? So, you know, different places I go to creates different image of what people think. And I often find myself trying to find ways of disarming people to think that I may be an enemy to them. And Leo knows it too. He he spoke about it. We both spoke about it. And I think in this context of not being the enemy, we're uh, bombarded with messages of what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to navigate our emotions in ways that sometimes feel healthy and sometimes unhealthy. If we don't deal with our emotions in healthy ways, I'm pretty sure, and as many people have studied this more than I have, but I'm, but I've seen it happen. Um, it's it's going to get dealt with in some way. I think a lot of young men and men in our in our work and what we see just around the world are walking landmines. They're walking around, like not dealing with the real things they need to be dealing with in their life, and guess what? Um, it's just waiting for the right or wrong moment, however you see it. And uh, today, being that we're going to be talking about these masks, we can't help but like address what happens in pop culture. And so for those of you who have not seen what happened at the Oscars, I'm not really here to talk about, uh, to take a side or anything, but I am going to talk about emotional intelligence. <laughs> I was going to say unintelligence, but that's not really the, the coined phrase. Emotional intelligence. Like, when we don't deal with our emotions in healthy ways, they have a way of showing up in unexpected places. Here's what I am more concerned about based on what happened at the, did I say the Grammys? I said Oscars. I don't know what I said, but the Oscars. And for those of you who don't know, uh, we're in the month of March. It was the Oscars, right? Um, and there was some violent situation happened. There was a, some words said. There was a, a, a physical altercation. Um, but here's what I got more concerned about that night and the reason I could not really sleep so well is I know that what I saw on social media, what I saw in the world were people making excuses for returning words with violence. And I think that my big concern, not only for what messages Children are hearing from parents who uh, agree that if somebody says something you don't like, you should, you have the right to, you deserve to, you're justified at putting your hands on them. Some people really believe that. 
I don't, I'm not from that camp. I don't believe that, that that's a, a good way of handling. I've had myself, as you know, maybe those who listen to this podcast, you know, from sticks and stones, I know the power of words. I know that words can hurt. And I also know that we have a responsibility regardless if we're famous or not. I'm talking about like some just neighbor down the street has a responsibility to ourselves first, I think, but even to our, communities. Now, listen, um, I think my big point that I want to make is um, I'm hoping that our principals and administrators in schools are ready to deal with the onslaught of things that may show up this week. Um, maybe many kids weren't up that late watching the Oscars, but um, if they heard about it, if they've, if they've, if they've scrolled on any pop culture site, um, they've seen a clip of it. And how many uh, are those we're going to have to deal with, dealing with as an adult, talking to a kid, saying, no, you don't have the right to do that. <laughs> you don't have the right to put your hands on somebody because they called you a name, because they talked about your mama or whatever. I, there's plenty of fights. I've been, I've been a part of plenty of fights where somebody said something about one of my parents. I've actually told people when I was in elementary school, look, you can talk about my mom all you want, but because I know that you're not telling, you're lying, because I live with her, so you, whatever you're saying doesn't matter. But here's the button that you can push right here. If you talk about my daddy, then we have a problem. And inevitably, some elementary kid is going to test the button if the button works. And it always worked. Because <laughs> I showed them where the button was. I showed them what to say that would throw me into a loop. But I was eight, nine, ten. I mean, at some point, we have to know that we have a responsibility to be like to ourselves, to each other. So I didn't mean to make this intro all about this uh, pop culture drama that's happening. But I think more than anything, what you know we talk about in this podcast is emotional wellness. Having a space to talk about all the stuff that we're dealing with in a healthy way so it doesn't come out rushing in unhealthy ways. And I'll just say this last thing because I want to just make this just kind of like anecdote about this story. If a man who has the wealth and the opportunities for healing, for travel around the world, to go see wherever, to have therapists and um, masseuses, like if you had resources like that and the emotions of life got to you that you'd be willing to go become violent let's say anywhere, but on national television, okay? Then what do you expect from a 12-year-old who's living in a community where he can't, he's never left the city, ain't ever talked to a therapist, has nobody to help regulate his mind, doesn't know what mindfulness is? What do we expect that kid to do? So we got work to do. Because it's not that men are bad. But we have work to do around what our responsibility to ourselves are and how we navigate our emotional well-being and how we don't ignore the things that we need to deal with because we don't think that we're worthy of getting help. We don't think we should be getting support. We don't think we need to talk to anybody. And I want to just say more than anything ever that you've heard me say in this conversation is that, men, you matter. And if any... One who is listening to this as a man in their life, they matter. And no matter how often we smile and we buy toys and we do other things, ignore from the stuff that we're really going through, you need a safe place to deal with it. You need a place to talk about it. You need a place to process it. Because if you don't, <laughs> we we can see examples of what can happen. And so I just... Um, in this conversation with Leo, you know, uh, this hadn't happened yet. But what you will hear in this conversation, us wondering why people look at us a certain way, why people judge us a certain way, we got work to do in our communities, folks. So um, as I close, I just want to remind you that you can always make your mask anonymously at millionmask.org. That's our new website, millionmask.org. Um, and we have an event coming up in May, the 24-Hour Relay Challenge, 18th Annual. So please, you can go to our website, follow us on Instagram. You can see what we're doing, and we want you to be a part. We want you to take the challenge of the 5K. You can walk, run, hike, bike, swim, crawl, scoot, whatever you want to do. 
skateboard, whatever you want to do, you can be a part of it no matter where you are in the world. So we look forward to you signing up, making a team, doing it by yourself. Um, help us raise these resources so that we can provide workshops for schools and students in our community where they don't have to worry about paying for it, where it's free. It's just like we need to do the work and we're going to need your help to to bring in the resources so we can do that. Uh, that's what we're excited about. And so thank you for this longer extended intro than you're used to. Uh, thank you for being a part of the Million Mask Movement. Thank you for uh, being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. And we really appreciate you. See you soon, folks. Enjoy this conversation with Leo Mercer. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm glad you have joined us. Today's guest is Brother Leo Mercer. Welcome, Brother Leo. Hey, hey, hey. How y'all doing? Man, Leo, would you tell the folks, um, there's so much that we're going to probably talk about in this conversation, but tell the folks what you want them to know about you. Who are you? Where, where are you from? Whatever parts make sense for you. Oh, yeah. Um, my name is Leo Mercer. Hi, everybody. I'm born, raised, gentrified, came back out of Oakland, California. Uh, I'm a culture keeper. Um, I have a lot of titles, a lot of hats, but you might find me somewhere rapping. You might find me somewhere uh, doing some community work. You might find me somewhere at the engineer booth, you know, mixing somebody's stuff down. Um, you might find me doing a lot of stuff, you know. Um, so I'm just out here and I'm trying my best to be a good community member. So hi, y'all. Leo Mercer. Yeah, man. Well, Brother Leo, you know, you and I have met a couple of moments along this journey. Um, you know, one of the things I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna highlight the one that I just was like in I, I was in awe and in shock and in amazement and in joy. So I'm um you know, there's this um, My Brother's Keeper Summit happening. And we had met before this, but I, I've been listening, watching the My Brother's Keeper Summit. Obama is in Oakland, California. And, you know, I, I came to the to the Shrine Auditorium trying to find a hookup, and I couldn't get no hookup. There was, like, a heck of people in line. Nobody had extra tickets. And I was feeling a little bit, you know, a little, a little hurt, to be honest. And I was passing out mask cards because I don't leave home without no mask cards. And I'm like, just going, I'm okay. I got a couple of hundred people here. We're going to hand every one of them a mask card, you know? And I go home and it was live on streamed. And so I'm watching it as I'm go home. And um, Obama's on stage with some with the with the CEO of the, my brother's keeper at the time. And and all of a sudden they show the panel of people on the side. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm on my phone, so I had to pull over because I'm like, I think I know. Wait, hold on a second. And then, and so I pull over, and I'm like, is that is that Leo Mercer on stage with Obama? <laughs> and then and then the the narrator says, "Oh, we're gonna have our first question from one of the youngsters here, um, Leo Mercer." And I'm telling you, I got goosebumps even again telling the story. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was like overjoyed, and I man, oh man, oh man, that was that was powerful, brother. I just want you to know, you know, I I've. We've met in so many places, but every time I see you, I just see you on that stage and I see you taking up that space that you deserve to take up. And um, I'm just honored to to be I, I brag about that all the time. I know I know him. I know him. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, anyway, I just wanted to share that because, folks, you know, making me blush out here, man. <laughs> oh, it's brother that was amazing thank you thank you for all the work you're doing and you keep doing and um, i'm excited for the next places and stages and spaces you take up in this work so we're gonna make mass today absolutely thank yeah. you reminded me of that too um that was a really intense journey you said you you had you was trying to find a hookup I am a I am an example of the hookup manifesting because I wasn't supposed to be there either. I tried through this avenue. They was like, nah, I'll try through this avenue. They was like, nah. And at, at the beginning of the event, I just showed up like this and they seen me and they recognized that I was one of the people trying to get in after a conversation with, I don't remember who the person was. They, they X, Y, and Z, they put me right up there. That was not supposed to happen, but I'm glad it did. And I'm glad I was able to, like you said, take up that space because it was so much needed for Oaklanders and young folks like me uh, to be right next to him, to even ask him just such an arbitrary question that I did, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. It, man. It's unforgettable. Unforgettable. 
So if you haven't seen it, you got to go see it and watch it, and you're going to see Leo. But maybe we'll drop a clip of that right in here so people can uh, can be reminded of that beautiful time. Um, Absolutely. You know, today we get a chance for you and I just to go a little deeper, you know? Like, I think uh, what we do know of each other and the work that I see you do, um, I want to have this opportunity with more men. And I think you're already doing a lot of work with men to give them a space for that. And I think the more that we can do that for men in our community – to give us a space to take off these emotional masks where we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to even know how we're going to achieve the goals we've set for our own selves, but that we are, we can work with each other and support each other in those, in those um, moments. So the guest always gets to decide who goes first. So you decide um, whether you want to go first, you want me to go first and then, um, and then you can share the front and then I share front. And then you can go back, back, or you can go front and back. And then I share whatever you feel, however you feel called. Um, the guest gets know, to decide. For the sake of conversation, um, <clears throat> the, the, the way you just said it makes a lot of sense. Like, um, I'll go first and share my front, then you share your front, then I share my back, you share your back. Fantastic. And then, you know, keeps the conversation flowing. Great, great. Absolutely. Um, in that case, then, um, my front is right here. So uh, my front, if you can see it. I have okay. these three pictures right here. Um, and um, as it explains, it's like things that I show to the world. Uh, I have a, a strong arm right here just showing like blind strength. I, um, and I think what I mean by blind strength is just my ability to get up and go. You know what I mean? Not a lot of folks have the motivation or the, you know, I ain't strong like this arm, but I know, you know, just how to get up and go. And that's an ability that I feel like I show the world. My uh, creative abilities in, in, in regards mm -hmm. to this note right here. But I think the most important one is this one right here, which is a tree uh, and, and more importantly, the roots. Now, mm. I talk a lot with my folks about being um, a, a tree with onion roots. And a lot of our folks talk about that in, 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 um, in terms of not really necessarily understanding ourselves, but knowing that we're still here and we're still making an impact. So I don't necessarily know. I know I'm rooted in certain things. Oakland being a black person. Um, you know, in those cultures, but there are other things that I don't know that if I knew would make me so much more powerful and so much more easier to deal with. I don't know these things, so it makes it a little hard to even deal with myself, but it's something that I uh, make sure that I'm vulnerable with when I'm talking to folks. You know, I just kind of all, you know, just kind of give my all and get sliced later, you know? Um, so these are the three things that I think I show, uh, you know, try my best to show the world nice nice all right thank you brother thank you thank you thank you for the imagery and uh for explaining it so <clears throat> here's what here's what i drew i drew this is the this is what came out today in the in the drawing of the mask and um the three words i wrote today were caring dedicated and intense Intense. And I think that I think that that smile is like that interesting, like half smile where it's like I, I, at first I wrote dedicated first and I was going to write caring last. And I was like, well, why don't I just put caring first? Because I think deep down, like I care a whole lot. Like I I care not only about my community. I care about youth. I care about a lot of things that I don't talk much about, but I care a lot. Sometimes I feel like I care too much because it's easy to get hurt. I think sometimes it's easy to get like disappointed when you care so much. Right. Mm -hmm. I've met people who were like, man, I don't care about all that. And I'm just like, man, I wish I could not care about it. Sometimes I wish that there's certain things I care about. I didn't care about. Right. I wish I could be like, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I heard how Jim Rohn say <laughs> that, that, that cliche ignorance is bliss. I think he was like, he said, Ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real truth. That's the red pill of it. But you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, if you if, if you're ignorant about your health, you're gonna. That's not gonna be bliss. If you're ignorant about your your financial well being, you're not gonna be in bliss. You like, and I and it's a, it's a funny cliche because I use it a lot, and then I'm like, oh yeah, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Um, but I think sometimes yeah. it's like because I'm like. And I pick up on a lot of energy in a lot of places, right? I pick up on things that are happening around the world. I think I pick up on people, things that are happening with family members. I pick up on youngsters who find themselves in tough situations and they're locked up or they're or they're hiding and they don't want to. They're not, they're not responding to text messages, and you're like, "All right, I hope you're okay. I haven't heard from you in a couple of months. Like, are you well? Yeah. Are you just ignoring me? Are you just don't want to talk?" Like, 
But the silence makes me make up story. I make up a story sometimes that is not even a real story, it's but it's like, and so I think what I, uh, the caring part is deeply connected to dedicated. Like I'm dedicated to this work. I'm dedicated to um, ever forward. I, and the intense was interesting because yesterday I did a workshop in Santa Cruz and, um, and, and this is um, some youngsters from Santa Cruz, some young men's, a men's young men's circle. And, you know, they mm-hmm. came in, they came in like a little edgy, Right, and I was like, okay, I love these circles. Right, you, if you would look, if you looked at the room, you wouldn't know you were in Santa Cruz. If you thought, well, what does Santa Cruz look like? Right, <laughs> it was, it was, it was the real, it was the real part of Santa Cruz that um that I would probably be spending more time in, and um <laughs> and man, and I found myself like needing to like um, elevate my game in that moment of like, oh, who, how am I gonna, how am I gonna present myself in this moment? How am I gonna present to these youngsters? And so. Um, and that's part of the face. It's like a little intense in there, and you can see that, you know. Yeah. And yeah, so that's uh that's the front. That's that's how I. Those are the things that I, I I let people see, right? And I think I think intense can be taken a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm always trying to be intense and kind, right? I'm I'm not intense at the point at the at the in line. Intense of others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. in line with the intensity and I can relate to it, I think, because of like my, my journey through community work being intense. Uh, I've taken that approach a lot. Uh, that's how I got on the Obama stage. You know, it was all about just the intensity, you know, but like just in speaking to folks, sometimes in caring when you're intense with it, it has the almost opposite effect. Or, you know, opposite desired effect, you know, like I want to be serious with you, but then that person shies away because of how intense or serious that you may yeah. be because yeah. it's uncomfortable yeah. to be inside of that feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely can relate to, you know, showing a little bit of in front of it and then showing a little bit of it behind me, too, but more in mm-hmm. front. I just wish that there was uh, I wish that intensity was met with, 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 with you know, uh, uh, a lot of great. Hmm. That's, it's just so interesting thinking about how us being intense can be seen as yeah. so uncomfortable to folks to the point to where it's like, yeah. no matter how right we are, no matter how right. loving or That's caring right. we are, because we're so intense, it, it has the opposite effect. Oh, man. You know? Oh, man. Um, at least my experience. And, I, and, I just, and just as you said that, I was thinking about the same. Like, as an educator, as a teacher, I, mean, I was a teacher for a lot of years. I work as a, for a nonprofit now, you know, the Ever Forward Club. But what I'm seeing happening in our schools, like, drives me sometimes, like, like it, it drives me to the place of the caring part of myself goes into the intensity part, like, what is going on? And I think that, and here's a challenge, um, because I feel so passionate about the topic, if I'm not careful with schools and the some of the sensitivities that happen when you're dealing with some educators, mm-hmm. I, I'm at the mercy of them because I, we need them to bring us in to do the work. Exactly. But when you see stuff that's not going well, you see stuff that should be doing better, when you see things you want to speak out against, you almost have to, have to be careful because you almost like have to be like a politician, which doesn't feel always good, right? Because I'm, I, need to be, I need to be able to reach the students, and if the teachers and the educators are going to be the blockers because they got the power, then what happens? Well, I, I've, I've, I've lost the opportunity to reach the students who I need to be reaching in a system that's not working well for them already. Yeah. And so I have to go in like almost like, oh, no, you're doing great. <laughs> you, you're doing just great. I'm just here to add to the greatness you're already doing. When, when technically sometimes they're doing horrible. When sometimes they're doing horrible. They're doing a disservice to kids. And I think sometimes I have, a, I have to dance this line of like, oh, my goodness. How do I say this in the best way? Right. And you all without hurting somebody, without never intending to hurt somebody's feeling, never saying it to hurt the people feeling, saying it to speak what I see as truth from the students that are speaking to us, you know? So I think that part is also a piece, right? Where passion is, looks different from different people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I had yeah. a lot of feelings <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to, but I was just, I was passionate. I cared a lot yeah. and it showed up as intensity. Once you seen that things wasn't happening the way that, yeah. you know, things weren't falling in line the way that was necessary. That's right. So I, I definitely want to just, echo the intensity part yeah yeah definitely beautiful man thank um you. should we move on to the other part to the back let's do it let's do it yeah so i feel like i show these to folks but not as much uh i think they come out a little bit um versus me show them 
if that mm, makes sense. Yeah. These three are uh, numbness, mm. pressure, and um, you know, I'm, I'm always talking to myself, whether that's whether that's the angel on the side of my shoulder or the devil on the side of my shoulder. It's always the conversation of how to deal with the vessel, mm. you know, uh, and and um, as far as numbness, it goes into stress. You know, as a, as a as a black man, um, as you said before, we have to learn how to put this face on that we're not too much bothered by anything that hurt that that hurts us. But there, but there's a lot that really hits us, and we kind of have to just have this face of I'm a, I'm composed, and so much I'm so much so often am I not composed. Um, so it shows off as this numb, blank expression um, that 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 I don't want to show people but ends up coming out, if that makes sense. Um, um, pressure, I think on the same note, but a different note, is just one to do the right thing and then looking in your environment and seeing that the the right thing isn't popular. The right thing ain't making no money. You know, it, um, I feel like I'm under pressure constantly with my friends to talk about positive things because it's not positive to talk about positive things if you've ever been in a barbershop, you know, um, um, so I'm constantly under the pressure to do right in an environment that, that keeps on telling me to do wrong. Worry about yourself, you know, uh, be, become selfish in that way to, you know, like kill yourself, kill others like you. Um, and I see all of these messages um, and I feel like Terry Crews just slapping them out the way. Slap, 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 slap. But then how how often can you do that before you tired and it just kind of you just let them hit you? Um, so I'm under that particular pressure of just trying to do the right thing, but it isn't, it doesn't necessarily have the right, uh, benefits for someone like me, you know, doing the right thing in Oakland, California, where, where, where I've grown up, no, uh, learning how to pimp Mac, sell drugs, X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, you know, of course I can be a psychologist or I can be a doctor and stuff like that, but it's then, you know, that, that you know, that's a catch 22 when we're talking about a lot of stuff things that really matter in, in terms of like us getting us um, really liberating ourselves and the community around us in the hood, um, which is why college can be another pressure, right? Because as much as I'm doing college stuff, I feel like I'm being distracted from what's really happening in the world, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm always talking to myself and um, I feel like I have these two, I don't know if you've seen the cartoons where you got the little... You got the little, uh, but that I feel, I feel like that often where I'm like, I have a decision to make poof. The bad guy pops up like, man, F this, you go do it. And then you got the, uh, you got the angel. That's like, uh, consider these people, consider those people before you make these types of decisions. So I'm always doing that in my head. But if I'm really being honest, uh, you know, if, if we're all really being honest, we don't really listen to the positive side all of the time. You know, more often than not, we're listening to the negative side because that's the side that's just being real, more satisfactory, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And that's just based off of how I was raised. You know, I was raised in a violent environment. So mm -hmm. as much as I want to be positive, it's just satisfying to do some of that petty stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. as much as I don't want to, as much as I'm like, I can't, you know, I, it's ratchet, who am I? That's me. That's how I grew up. And, you know, um, it's pressure to um, there, there's there is a lot of pressure to um, be a positive person, but not the type of positive person that we're thinking when we're talking about the hood, you know, because a positive person in the hood, if I can give an example of a positive person, it would be like a pastor, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the positive po politician, you know, the, yeah. the guy that decides to become a, uh, you know, a hood politician or something like that. But they're not necessarily folks in the big scale that helps that helps us liberate as a community mm. you know unless it's done right but then yeah. in our experiences it just ain't you know a lot of times the pastors are you know pimping the community you know the mm. politicians are pimping the communities so mm. these um folks that we see and should look up to um because they have the ability to foster great stuff in the community have kind of been co-opted um so i'm always thinking in myself, what should I do? Should I should I shoot to become a um, the president, right? What kind of pressures would go with that, right? Or should I become the hood celebrity and uh, you know deal with the selfish satisfactories that come with that? 
Um, and I feel like if I'm feeling like that and I'm actually having conversations with these two, right? Yeah. There are a lot of folks who are a lot less competent who are unable to really even hear their own thoughts. Yeah. So they only react the way that they have been raised and know how. That's right. You know? That's right. Oh, man. And, and, I, and what you just said right there is exactly in the work that we see with these masks, right? We're definitely when I talk about young people and young men in this work who we have asked thousands of them to make masks. The idea is that if you knew, if you knew that um, being all of you was fully accepted, I think we would do more of it, right? But if you know that that's not going to be accepted, then you're going to like, oh, I can't, I can't show that. I can't show that. Um, these youngsters in Arizona, I was there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm gonna show you a picture that they um, that they created. Um, before I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go to the back of mine, but I want to show this because it's actually really connected to what you just said. It says, "I'm fine," but it's hella shit up in there. Look in there. Excuse me for my yeah, but oh, yeah. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, because it, it, it's fine when you look back. When when you look in it, it's so much oh, other than it. So much coward, just dishonest. So yeah, possessive. Like just, I mean, uh, when I saw this, I got goosebumps. Because because we talked to them about the idea of fine, right? Like how often when people say, how you doing? We say, good, cool, fine, all right, I'm, you know? Mm-hmm. And how many times do we say that when we're really not, right? But that's the answer that we need to use to get through the moment or to keep moving or we don't think they really care anyway or whatever the reasons yeah. that we use for why we would say we were good or cool or fine. I don't want to get into it. I don't want them all in my business. Okay. But what about the people who actually love you who ask you how you're doing and you lie to them too? <laughs> the people who actually care for you, people who say who say are down for you, why don't you tell them? Well, we've created some type of uh, a, a image, like you talked about, right? We put create an image around ourselves, and when we need to like not be positive because we need to talk about what's really going on, we can't because we've 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 locked ourselves behind a mask that we don't know how to get behind out from behind, right? And I think that's some of the work that we're talking about with young people. And so, yeah, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I just got this like a couple of days ago and every time I look at it, I'm just like, oh, they were listening. They were listening. They were listening, right? They were listening. Yeah. And if you see that and you got a photo of that, send that to me. I, I, I will. I show that to other folks. Absolutely. Um, just to kind of like pick my partner's brains, you know, because I'm thinking a lot, but I can't tell you how many arguments I'll be having with my, with my peers around <laughs> a lot of this stuff because they are still getting, trying to get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. Not the yeah. smartest person in the room, but in certain aspects, I know that these arguments are intense and necessary. Yeah, me my yeah. Because it helps them at least think about it after they go away. You know, whatever, Leo. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 he ain't wrong. <laughs> no, or, or it comes back as a seed, right? It's like a seed, right? All we can yeah. do is be, a, I think that's a parable of the sower, right? We got to plant seeds and some, some is going to be fertile ground and some is going to be rocky, but we... We're just, we're, we're, we can't make somebody change their mind. We can only plant a seed that hopefully lets them decide that they're willing to think differently than the way they always thought. Do you remember, uh, you remember Prince, right? Prince mm-hmm. White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Before he passed, he did something to me that uh, that really changed my trajectory. Mm. And um, because I, I was one of those angry people who couldn't express myself in the right way. Um, it was something that happened. And um, I verbally attacked Prince. And he stood there. He just sat there while I'm like, just laying it out on him, right? I don't think he heard none of that. But what he did, and he was like, now, Leo, I get that there's a lot of things happening to you. And you need to take it out on somebody. Um, I'm not that person, but I'm willing to work with you. So we can really see what's going on. So he basically deflected me, but then in a way, like offered his help to, you know, it, it, I, I still can't explain it to this day. Right. But it, it had me thinking in a way, in the same way, I feel like my partners think with me. Right. Because I, I you know, they, they growl at me and I'd be like, I see you growling, but I ain't the enemy. I ain't the enemy. Let's talk about the real enemy. And uh, th- that makes them think in a way that I'm thinking like, oh, so. I'm taking out my insecurities, my anger, mm. and all of that on the wrong people. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like Prince probably wasn't in the way of nothing, but like because he 
tried to stop me and say, hey, check this out. Mm. Go a little information. I was like, get out of my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most mm. people would just be like, oh, you don't want to hear it? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and because he did not do that, uh, it allowed me to think in a way to where I wouldn't have, if he would have dismissed me at that moment, I'd probably just be like on some F Prince type stuff. But because he didn't do that, it allowed me to think with those two mindsets of like, who am I? Like, anytime I speak now, I'm like, and I still fail. I still fail. But I'm, I'm always thinking, I hope I don't hurt this person. Yeah, yeah. But I have to say it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hope this doesn't come, the other person doesn't take it the wrong way. And I'm trying my best to say it in a way that they can receive it. Yeah. But I can't always count on that. You know? So I just got to say it how say it and then deal with the fire afterwards mm. oh because you know just kind of like my spirit is more just like rah rah it makes more sense that if i have great intentions before i do that rah rah yeah then all of the fire that goes after it i can be able to manage you know um mm. so i oh. don't hide what i say anymore but i am very cognizant on how i say it depending on who i'm saying it to <laughs> you know oh. i you know, Prince Prince helped me with that. He uh, so you know, I don't I don't I don't, I don't yell at white people no more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I you know uh, I, I'm I'm really there's just some things that I know I did back in the days as I was trying to get into this community work that was yeah. like more trauma responses versus intellectual conversations. Mm. And for, for, for one side of it is okay, that made me a liability a lot. You might have mm. seen me around, but. I was burning bridges left and right because I didn't know how I didn't know how to say what I needed to say in a way that 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 didn't hurt folks or didn't yeah. you know I'm better now but yeah. like 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 I said like it's a catch 22 because for for as much as I don't want to hurt certain folks that pain when someone says something yeah that that you don't like is also the key Oof. to your thought process of uh understanding that we do get in our bubbles and we do get on a high horse and deep inside our heads so much that whatever we think about becomes our reality. And if we're always thinking negatively, that's going to become our reality, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Man, you got me. Okay. You got me fired up right here. Give me a second. I'm going to share the back and I'm going to tell you this other thing. Cause I want to jump into another. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you. You sparked what you said, what you have said has sparked a lot of ideas and thoughts and I'm, I'm going to tell you what I wrote on the back of mine because it's all, I think it's going to connect back to I'm not the enemy. And that is a statement we're going to come back to for real. I have, a, I have an idea. Um, here's the back of my mask. Uh, I wrote, not enough worry and my brother's mental health. And uh, not enough. As you know, you know what? Um, I'm going to, this is about me. So I, I, talk, I don't, sometimes I don't talk about like, as this nonprofit leader, like when I see other organizations have, you know, these amazing moments of success and, and I'm just like, man, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, what am I, what's happening? What, you know, and, and we've we had some moments of success, you know, we had to, you know, so ebb and flow of the nonprofit world. Right. And I think that I almost often wonder, like, is it my role that I'm currently in the role I should be in? Right. Like I'd rather be out doing the work, in the community i need i need to be building the connections and relationships but I, sometimes i feel like the the management stuff of all the paper like it, my desk is a, a mess right here there's paper everywhere right the management yeah. stuff is very different than me being on the ground doing the work i started the organization because i wanted to support young men around their their well-being but what happens when you have to now build the organization to do that but the, building the organization is very different than doing the work like you put me in a room yeah. with some folks, you put me on a stage, like I'm I'm in my element, right? Sitting in my office all day long, taking care of paperwork, oftentimes doesn't, I mean, it's important, absolutely, but it doesn't excite me. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't get excited about, let me do some strategic planning. Let me- <laughs> Let's strategic plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's critical, it's important, it's necessary without a doubt. I see, I've done it and I've seen the benefits from it, no doubt. But the thing that fires me up, if I was going to list the things that make me excited, board meetings don't make me really excited. Like, you know, like 
they're important. They're necessary. Like all the things that are important may not be the things that you feel like you're most equipped to be doing as, as leading. Right. So yeah. sometimes they're not enough feels that, and the worry I think connects to that, you know, as a COVID was a rough season in, in for our organization, you know, we lost most of our work as in person presentations in schools. There were no presentations. There was nothing in person. There was no schools open. So we lost 100% of our stuff. So, and the worry of like how to keep, not how to not let people go and know people have families and how do you like not like just drop people off and say, hey, hope hope it goes better for you out there somewhere and trying to really take take on that, take on that as a really important role. And I think about last one, my, brother, my brother's mental health. The reason I, I put it under my brother's mental health, I, I said, don't talk much about how it affects me. So it's not necessarily talking about his mental health on, on on that. It's more how it has affected and how it continues to affect me. And I think that right now, um, I, I I worry about him a lot. I worry about him a lot, and and I worry. And when, when I see people on the street with mental health issues or mental health uh, challenges, I, I feel it. It's hard to walk by somebody walking down the street seeming disconnected and not just have a super moment of empathy and care for that person because they they may have a loving, kind, caring family. I think, and I know my brother does, he has, and he didn't, he didn't always utilize us in the most good of ways. He's take, you know, he's done some things that were not okay to me, but I truly am, I have a heart for helping people around that. So th- those are the things that I think that, uh, and I wrote it. When I wrote it. I, wrote it, I was going to change it. Like, what am? What is the thing I don't let people see? I don't let people see that I feel sad a lot. I feel worried a lot. I, uh, my one, one of my a young men who I know right now is um, locked up in Chino, um, and he's he he has a bipolar disorder. And he went from one jail to another. I'm just telling you this quick story. And when he went from one to another, this new place, they're like all in dormitories, like you know, hundred hundred plus people in one dormitory. Mm-hmm. there's no mental health support. He's not getting his medicine. And I'm like, and so I'm, I'm like, I'm on the phone, right? Knowing they're recording on my calls, but in my mind, I'm like, this is bull. This is like, they're not giving me your medicine. And who do, who do you help him talk to? I don't know who she, talk, who should he talk to. Right. Mm-hmm. But I know that once he goes into these states of his bipolar disorder, he's going to start doing some things that are inappropriate. And what's going to happen, he's going to get more time and more time and more time because his behavior is going to be erratic and un unhealthy for others and for himself yeah and so you get this place where i'm not only worried about my brother's mental health but about other people who i know who may not get the support they need and who need support and so anyway those are just some things that came up in um from that from that one uh, part about my brother but, yeah i thought you were saying it as a general term um and and you mm. and after i was listening more you mentioned more of like you know your brother brother i was like oh yes that yeah. that, that that i definitely definitely can relate to the family members and caring about them so much that you want to do what you can do for them. But like, as much as you offer your hands, like they don't accept it. So it's like, what can you do? How can you facilitate that healing for them? Is it you that needs to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hear, I hear all of that Um, on on an individual level and on a macro level with, with some of the, sometimes I feel like, for as much good work as I do out here in the community, I can't do it in my own family. Oh, oh. and that makes me feel like mm. I am not enough. Oh man, Oof. you feel what I'm saying? Oh, you said it. You but how the hell? How the hell can I do this out here? <laughs> you know, these strangers per se, and I come and my sister and my brother they they hate me because I'm trying to do the same thing for them. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, man, that's such a catch twenty two. <laughs> It provide it, it brings me to that 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 blank face numbness of like, ooh, okay, all right. Let me go back in my mind and see how I can say this in a way that that they can consume in the way that they can consume because of how they've been hurt. Yeah, you know, oh. shit crazy, man. Oh, and when you said when you when you said that when you said the difference between my 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 brothers, like I, I, how ironic that that is a worry of mine too, right? But. Even the more so, like the the brother family bloodline brother, and then my brothers in the community. I didn't even make that connection to you. Yeah, how much I worry about them, and that's what the work we. That's why Ever Forward, I think, has started, and that's why it still continues to exist because there's such a need. 
And I think that oftentimes our schools are designed to be like, we're going to like, we're going to make sure you have your A through G's and we don't care if you have a social emotional supports, right? Absolutely. And if, and, if you're, <laughs> and if you're not good with A through G's, then they consider you a bad student and therefore no one wants to deal with you. And so therefore, like, it's like, I think sometimes our, our schools do a, a disservice in that way. And I am a, yeah, man. When you said I am not the enemy, I mean, I wonder, I'm, I imagine, I wonder, even just in that conversation, I'm not the enemy. Like, how many times I have to, like, manage my presence to make sure people who I'm walking towards on the street, walk passing in the BART station, wherever I am, that they get that I'm not the enemy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll be trying. I said, so yesterday I was walking behind a person, not black or anything like that. I won't give them away, right? But they kept doing this. And of course, you know, I'm in my mind like, now I'm, I don't want nothing to do with you. But, you know, when they do this, it gives me the insinuation that they think that I'm going to harm them by being behind them when it's not my intention to do that at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. So I can relate to that, too. And, and what you said just reminded me of that. It's like, I'm not your enemy, but let me let me sometimes I over exaggerate. Right. So what I did is I just very loudly said, excuse me, and walked past him to where it's like. If you thought at any point I was going to, you know, sneak you or anything like that, yeah. you know, I was very vocal about not doing it. Yeah. And maybe oh, sometimes man. I should do that. Maybe sometimes I shouldn't do that. But I be that shit hurts and it triggers oh. me. Oh, and, and imagine what it's like right now. The fact that we're all walking around with these. So not only am I, I have a presence that causes you some worry. Now you can't even tell that. Actually, most of the time I'm smiling. <laughs> you, 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 you can't tell, right? You, you got to make a decision based on anything you've seen on the news recently, anything you've seen on Instagram recently, anything you watched, anything you read in the paper. You got to make. Your families might be telling you. Oh man, oh you know, man. I got oh. a lot of friends that ain't black that they didn't tell me that they families told them to stay away from us. Yeah. You know we're too erratic. We might be good people, but when you get on a bad side, it's not good. Just, just do yourself your service and stay away. And I'm just so that's it's disgusting on a lot of ends, yeah. but it's also demotivating to try to like engage on a lot of ends too, because you're just trying to be yourself. Yeah. And just on basic interactions, you got folks already thinking that you're a bad person, yeah. and you ain't even got a chance to say hi. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's a very very pressure pressured feeling. Yeah. That I know if anybody was like me, that that what that didn't have like. I feel like I got a very strong mind and I can push past a lot of that, yeah. but it does hurt. So yeah. anybody that I feel like any weaker than me would probably be like, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, how do yeah. I explain to you that I'm a human just like you or that I am not the enemy? That's right. You know? And I wonder, if, I want to, I want help me think this part out. Cause I was, <laughs> here, here's what's happening with a lot of our youngsters and I see it. And I, and I don't have all the reasons why I could I could generalize on some reasons. What I'm seeing when I go through some of my feeds, and because I watch some of this stuff, I get more of it, right? So whether I'm on YouTube or on Instagram, like I see more of the craziness, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have been harmed by someone, let's just put whatever entity. Let's say let's say a person who has my structure and my stature, right? it depends on how deeply it ingrains into your soul and your heart of how you feel about anyone else who you see who has my stature and my presence. Because some people can be like, can generalize and be like, Oh, that was just one bad person. And that's, you know, it happened that one time. But no, I think our memory, people, you look like that person. Well, that's, so that. I'm going to stay away from you because you look like that person. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I imagine that our brains are trying to protect us. And sometimes they may go to the extreme of saying, well, I need to protect, I need to keep everyone out who may be fit in that way and be worried about that. And I think I, I sometimes, I, I sometimes feel bad for the people who are feeling nervous when they're in that, in the, in my presence. Right. Because I, I think I feel bad for them. I feel bad for whatever has taught them that I know that there's some media messages that have taught them that, but I know that maybe some of them have experienced some, 
I, I'm I'm saddened by what's happening in our community with a lot of these taking down our community or comp- organizations and businesses by youngsters, you know, who are out wilding out. I I I I feel heart my heart worries. My heart worries about me walking in that store the next time, right? Or walking into a store where someone has experienced that and cuz now they're on edge even more, right? Now they're on edge even more. So I just I think about all of that and you're right. I think I, I don't like that feeling. And sometimes I'm like, man, what has caused this person to to have this feeling, you know? Um anyway, those are just some thoughts that come to my mind. Um before we move on, that makes me think about a lot of our queens as well, right? I feel like um, as being an innocent young man, right? Like I've come to a lot of experiences where I'm having conversations with young ladies who might have experienced some type of trauma in the realm of like C-sec, pimping, stuff like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, I may look like that person who might have done in the same way that other cultures look back, be aware of their surroundings in that way. Um, a lot of our queens have shown me in a lot of experiences that they suffer the same with us in that way as well. So it's a lot of conversations around, um, you know, some of our young ladies, even some of, some, some of the ladies in our in my family in regards to I'm not your enemy, you know, because of how strong patriarchy is and how strong a lot of these other systems is that we benefit from. Yeah. So then there's a lot of things about me having to like overcompensate for the for 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 the uh for the dude who ain't who ain't up to no good because I'm trying yeah. to prove to a young lady that I'm not them. Yeah. I'm not that person that did that to you. Even though I may That's look right. like him, I ain't him. That's right. So the courting process becomes a whole lot different. <laughs> you know, uh and and I wanted when you said that about like different races doing it, it brought me right back to like in our community with with the ladies. Yeah. You know, because um we've 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 definitely done a number patriarchally on women yeah. in regards to that. Yeah. I also feel like because I'm not of that, but I may look like these these people, but I'm not of that. Yeah. The, the discernment is more like, all right, well, those people did this to me, but I'm going to take it out on you. You know, and that that's painful. Yeah. You know that yeah. three, three, you know, and going to experiences like if yeah. a if a person uh, mauled you and then another person who looks like that person that mauled you. Uh, if you have a chance to take that revenge, it's like not taking revenge on the actual situation, yeah. but the thought of the situation, because I look like, or I might be, you know, so a lot of times I'm like, I'm not that person that did yeah. that to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. they, that, that kind of shakes them too, because it's like, you're not, but you look like, but you're not. So it's like, yeah. I, I feel bad too. I often get, I'm not going, I'm not going to lie because I'm of, of a you know like different stature a lot of times i get frustrated because i'm, I'm you know how else can i show folks that i'm not this way yeah besides besides explaining it and if that don't work then it's like whatever like yeah. might as well yeah but then that that makes that makes their theory of it mm-hmm. right so it's like mm-hmm. such a catch-22 of trying to convince people that we're not the enemy that's right um they've done a number on us though Sometimes yeah. I feel like I am. I, sometimes I feel like I am the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I will do that to you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Because I, that's how I grew up. Beware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's the bigger part of me is like I'm, I'm a human being. At the end of the day, I would never do that to a lot of people. Yeah. And I would like the benefit of the doubt, which I don't get. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that you know when I think about you know growing up in the. When people would like watch you in the store or whatever, those things, all the images of imagery that that gets perpetuated in the news media, movies, all the places, social media, and I think that if we're not careful with our work in this work around the mask, and that's the reason why the mask is this global campaign because we have people all over not only the world but all over all backgrounds, ages, groups to recognize that there's more to each of us than you can see by looking at us. There's more, there's more to you. If we had two hours, we could go even deeper, but there's more to me. And I think that how many times do we, what we see on the outside is how we quantify it. We, we define it. The young young man walked in yesterday to the workshop. He was, he, he was so low in the chair. I thought he was going to hurt his neck. I'm like, dude, can you, can you scooch down any lower? Like I, I, I had never seen anybody. He was basically holding himself up with his neck on the, and I'm like, Trying to be cool. <laughs> oh, you know, he, he, I, I, 
he, it was amazing. It was amazing. And I'm like, all right, he's he's not going to be engaged. I got to figure out what I'm going to do to try and get his attention. I, I was making a judgment based on body language, based on how he presented and how he, how the energy that he was giving in the room, like, kind of like, like he was like forced, <laughs> like he was forced to be there or something. And literally, I, I said to everybody, I said, listen, hurry, I need you to do, folks. I need, um, I don't know what you've been through today. I don't know what your day's been like. Um, and I, I don't know what it's like to be you. Um, and you don't know what it's like to be me, but I'm going to ask you to give your best today. And I don't think he, I think, I think, I don't, I don't remember seeing him scoot up, but I remember from then on in that workshop, he was up. And what if I had like went over to him and be like, dude, can you sit up, please? Can you, can you, if I had jumped on his case of like how he was, as opposed to me just holding space that I'm not, maybe I'm not having a good day either. <laughs> maybe that's how the day I actually feel, but I got a job to do. So I'm putting on this good show and I'm up in front of everybody. But maybe actually deep down, if I could just be slouching the chair right now, I would really want to be that, right? Yeah. And if I can begin to recognize there's more going on behind what I can see, then it makes me less likely to pass judgment too soon. It makes me less likely to to assume what I think I don't what I what I think I know as opposed to really asking the right questions, you know? Man, that's that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. I'm glad he was receptive after that. You know what I mean? Oh, he was in. He was in. He participated fully. It, it was I bet it's it's that it's that first moment, right? As a former teacher, as a teacher, you know, I've seen it. I'm I'm like, all right, what's gonna happen here? And before I before I go and come into a fix the mode as opposed to like whole space mode and like I'm missing something, right? Um, that's that's really powerful, brother. Man, listen. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's not a lot of us in the teaching field. Yeah. You know, uh, we're very small in the teaching field. But right. um, if we're looking at the American stats of how much impact we make, when we get into that, like I'd love to be a teacher if I know I can impact a whole or a teacher in any context if I know I can impact folks that look like me to become better and that multiplies and multiplies and multiplies into the community that we're looking to today. Well, you know, I, I, this wasn't planned, but you know, we're looking for facilitators for the workshops. So I'll have you, man. <laughs> don't even start. Don't even start. That wasn't even planned. That wasn't even planned, <laughs> but, but now we, now I know. See, if you hadn't said it, I wouldn't have known. Listen, <laughs> brother, I'm, I'm excited to be back in connection. I want you to tell folks how they can, get in touch with you, follow the music and the things you're doing. Where, where do you want, if, if you want people to connect in whatever way, please let them know. And any projects you're working on right now, please let folks know of as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So 2022 is a great year. I got two projects coming out. Um, if you want to find all of the info for that, you can follow my personal page, Leo underscore Mercer, or you can follow my business page. I'm not always on that. I have folks that help me run that Mercer Brotherhood, um, Instagram and TikTok. Um, I probably don't use any of the other platforms, but that's where you will be able to find me, ask me questions, uh, see some of the content that I do other than the music and stuff like that. Um, but I really enjoyed this conversation. Man. You know, I really did. Well, you just said the magic words of what you were you looking for. And I'm telling you what we looking for. So I, I maybe the maybe next time we be on this call together, the next time they hear your voice, you're going to be on the other side of the ever forward uh family community anyway but you're already a part yeah, man. of it we've been doing we've been we've been watching each other for about what some years or whatever that's right you know, Since generation I, I waking up great opportunity to uh to get together so we can spread some of this great content to some of our folks who need it you know who need it for sure let's do it i'm excited hey folks if you haven't yet made a mask you can do that at millionmasks.org and just a quick highlight if you don't know the 24-hour relay challenge is coming the 18th annual and so maybe even we may even get Leo to come and perform at our 5K, our live, the 5K part. And then you around the world, you can do your 5K walking, biking, hiking, crawling, swimming, whatever you want to do. You can be a part of the 5K as well. Um, you can find that on our website, ever4club.org. Leo, it's been a pleasure to have you. I am looking forward to our next connection and uh, have a great rest of your week. Taking Off The Mess podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing, videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. 
And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the taking off the mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.